Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman time. Y'all must have forgot why we the best. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to so those people, I would say, maybe don't watch him and they go back to soccer. You know, I made history here tonight. I set another record. It's my name in history one more time. WFAN and Odyssey.com. You guys caught me under under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side so he could get it too. He could get his ass whipped too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it too. I definitely wanna defend my 145 about. And let's see, I'm gonna talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm gonna call you. We're gonna have a talk. I love you, boy. Here's your Fight Fan host, Pete Hoffman. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. Follow me at the HoffWFAN on Twitter, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. Everywhere else, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, WFAN.com, and the Odyssey app. This show, it's, uh, first of all, thank you for everyone for listening and following and stuff like that. I appreciate it. Really, the numbers are showing and growing, and thank you for that. That's awesome. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your kids. Tell anybody. I don't care. But I, I do appreciate it. Thank you so much for all the support. It's, it's awesome. It's fantastic. Um, and if you're listening to this right now, before uh, Friday night, I will be on air on WFAN from about 10-something, 10 p.m.-ish to 2 a.m. in the morning, so you can listen to me there talking about all other nonsense that's not just MMA-based, but for now, this is the MMA show. This is the combat sports show. This, this is why we're here, so this is what we're talking about. Uh, this. So, again, thank you for all, all everyone for listening, participating, and whatnot. This episode, we got four pretty big guests, in my opinion. Again, this is what we do here. We're trying to build a community. Uh, want you to recognize some fighters that I think are special and should get notoriety. Whether they win, they lose, whatever, it's all good. But a lot of times, the winners come on, so be it. Uh, that being said, we got some four names that I think you'd be interested in. First off, welterweight, someone who's definitely going to be a contender uh, for the belt in the near future. Chaos Williams joins the show. Again, another big victory over the week last weekend. Big knockout. Um, 
and just making waves in the welterweight division. It's, again, a very stacked division. A lot of these divisions are stacked, and Cass Williams trying to make a case for himself as well. Then we have someone who I think is definitely championship material. She's been making waves again as well. She's on a two-fight win streak. I think that she'll give a very different test to Valentina Shevchenko in the women's flyweight division. Um, Andrea Lee. I, we've had her on a couple times, and I just think that she really is getting there. I know maybe she's still a fight or two away. We're going to get dive into all that stuff. But Andrea Lee joins the show uh, to talk about her future uh, with the potential of a championship fight. But no, she does understand. Like, Listen, she's top 10 now, flyweight division. She's number 7 at the moment, and she's making, she's making waves. That's a good thing. Also, we have another veteran of the sport, another veteran of MMA, who made the biggest impact in his UFC UFC debut, Chris Curtis, had an opportunity uh, at MSG, his first fight in the UFC, major win, knockout, the biggest knockout of the night, the biggest shocker of the night was the Chris Curtis knockout. So that was good for him, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then to wind up, um, to lastly, but not least, Sean Woodson, who is... Another flyweight, not flyweight, excuse me, featherweight contender. Um, he's newer to the UFC, but in the, he started out in the contender series. But since he's been here, he's really found his, his own. He's been, you know, the last knockout last week uh, with the body shots was fantastic. We saw him finish um, in the contender series with a flying knee, and he's really doing some special things and just an awesome interview as well. So thank you for all of them. We'll get them all in order in a little bit, uh, line them up for you. But before we get into that, we do got to talk some business. UFC has a fight this weekend. Uh, it has a card this weekend. It's Misha Tate, who's headlining the card, which is great. But next week, they're off. And you some, sometimes like, okay, well, what, what am I going to watch? If there's no UFC, what am I going to watch? Something very interesting, which I believe we're going to have some guests next week on this. I believe we're going to have Frank Mir on. Triller is having triad combat. Triad. It's a, it's a triangular ring. Now, it's going to be an odd setup for sure. Um, and they're putting basically an MMA fighter versus a boxer. That is the strategy. And they're... I'm not sure all the rules. That's why we're going to have some some people on next week to kind of explain it to us. It's happened November 27th. Metallica is going to be on the card. Um, again, it's going to be on Triller. You can watch it there on Fight TV, Fight Network, um, the Fight website, Fight Channel, stuff like that, F-I-T-E. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I'm curious to, to see this. You know, bare-knuckle fighting has taken over. It's really... Um, continued the combat sports world right now. Obviously, you have MMA, you got mixed martial arts. Boxing is still up there. You know, we had that huge heavyweight fight, title fight, which is a big deal. But besides the heavyweights, some of these uh, boxing fights have been lackluster. But UFC is, is still the consistent. That is the one that still every week is being consistently um, watched and talked about. Bellator has their cards here and there. I mean, Cyborg had fought last week, so we watched that, and that was you know another big victory for her. But the competition still is a little different. It's not on that same level of a UFC card. I always say that. 
I need you need to see more on a card, especially if you're going to have a big card. You, you got to give me some some more names. And there's some people that are signing with the with Bellator. You know, PFL has some people, um, but I I need to see more out of the Bellator card. I do, you know, and I need to see tougher opponents for Cyborg. I do. There's an issue when. You know, the toughest opponent out there is a nobody. And that was the same issue with the, with UFC as well. So it's not just a Bellator thing. It's a, it's a MMA issue right now that, that Cyborg just cannot lock, lock up with someone that's on her level. Amanda Nunes was the only one. That was it. That was the only person that was really on her level in that uh, featherweight division. So yeah, triad combat, something that I'm very interested to see what happens. Frank Mir's on it again. We'll talk about this next week. Hopefully we'll have Frank Mir on. We're supposed to have him on Monday, so by next Friday we'll have a uh, podcast dropped with Frank Mir on it. We'll talk about maybe Metallica. It's going to be dope. Uh, and then this week's card, Misha Tate versus, uh, versus Ketlin Vieira. And we talked. To, I talked to Misha a couple weeks ago with Daniel McCartan, which was awesome. And we'll get into that in a second. But the card itself, the prelims. Let's see. What big names am I really looking at? Sam Hughes is on the uh the on the prelims. Sean Soriano is an interesting fella. Uh featherweights on the early prelims. Terrence McKinney, big name, bigger name, more interesting name in the uh lightweight division. He's on the prelims. Then you got Lomo Luke Boonmi uh in the strawweight division. Uh, versus Lupita Gardinez. Lupita Gardinez. There we go. Sometimes it just takes about three or four times to get it right. But they'll be fighting the strawweight division. That'll be an interesting fight. Luke Boomi is, is interesting. She had a little bit more touted um, coming up. And Lupita is, I think it's like three fights in 49 days. That's, I think, the most active anybody's been in a while. Uh, or ever in the UFC. So that she's been pretty active, and that'll be interesting to see that fight. You got uh, Pat Sabatini versus Tucker Lutz to finish up the prelims. And man, what time is this card at? Why is that not telling me? UFC events. What time is that at? It's not telling me. Time, time, what time? Let's go to the UFC.com. Let's give that a. 6 p.m. There we go. I knew it was an early time. I knew it wasn't the normal 10 o'clock. I knew it wasn't 8 o'clock. I knew I thought there was something earlier, maybe 4, but it's a 6 p.m. card. And they're in Vegas, so it's a, over there it's 3 p.m. So it's a little bit earlier for them. So that means the prelims are probably like around uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time. So 6 p.m. Eastern time, uh, this card will start. But on the main card, that's what we want to get to. So Adrian Yanez, interesting uh, bantamweight who's fighting David Grant. That should be a good fight. Had Adrian Yanez on before in the past. He's he's a fun bantamweight looking to be a killer out there. Uh, again, very interesting bantamweight division, and Adrian Yanez is trying to make his way up there. You can go back and listen to some old episodes. Adrian Yanez is on here. Joanne Calderwood, now she's going by Wood. Joanne Wood is uh, fighting Talia Santos. Talia is eighteen and one, which is uh, crazy to me. Calderwood though is a is a tough opponent, tough flyweight. So that'll be an interesting fight. Uh, Ronnie Yaha versus Kang Kyung Ho. Um, I love Ronnie. If you know anything about y- y- Ronnie Yaha, uh, he is 
Just a fun bantamweight. He's one of those grapplers. So once he gets on your back, you really just got to be careful uh, of the finish of the submission. Uh, he's one of those. He's really one of those guys that are just all about the submission skills. He could try to stand and bang, but it, he really wants this fight to get to the ground. So that'll be fun. Then you have another guy who likes to get the fight to the ground. Michael Chiesa versus 14-0 Sean Brady. That's the co-main event, uh, co-main event in the weight, welterweight division. Can't even speak. Co-main event in the welterweight division. Now, Michael Michael Chiesa was fighting in the 155 division for a little bit, made his way to the welterweight division, and has looked better. Um, he lost to Luque last time out via submission, which was a shocker for most people, because that's usually where Chiesa is better on the ground. But that was also the same thing with Kevin Lee. Remember that one? Uh, back in, was it 2017? Yeah, 2017, Kevin Lee beat Kiesa by submission. So he is susceptible to being submitted himself. And also lost to Pettis that way, Pettis that way too. Uh, but he beat Condit by submission. Sanchez, Diego Sanchez, he won by the, uh, was that his first welterweight fight? That was his second welterweight fight. That's right, uh, yes. Condit was his first. Diego Sanchez was his second. And that was by decision. Then he beat RDA by decision. And Magni decision. And then lost to Luke by submission. So this is going to be an interesting one because Brady does not want this fight to go on the ground. He just wants to stand and bang. And Kiesa will want to take this fight to the ground. So that's going to be the most interesting thing. That's where this uh, this fight's going to be separated. Whether Kiesa can get this fight to the ground or Brady just keeps it standing. And Sean Brady's interesting because, you know... I, he came from what was the league he came from? Not LFA. What was the one prior? Let me double check that. What is it? The CFFC. There we go. And he was in the LFA. I'm right. He was in CFFC for most of his career, and then had a fight in LFA, and then went back to LFC, uh, CFFC before he came to the uh, UFC. He fought Court McGee. A um, couple decisions in there, and now has started to get submissions. But again, he's more about the striking. He's really more about the power. So it's it's going to be an interesting fight. Again, I think that that Brady will want to keep this fight standing, um, and if, if anything, will will take will enjoy the fight if he's on the ground as far as far as a stand. Sorry, as far as a ground and pound, that's where he would like the fight to go to if it goes to the ground. But again. I think that Sean Brady's best weapon is his stand-up. Even though he's shorter, he's got a smaller reach, Sean Brady standing up is a better fighter than Michael Chiesa, that's for sure. Uh, and then the main event, you got Ketlin Vieira versus Misha Tate. And Misha Tate, I like her in this fight. Now, listen, she's smaller of the two. She's got the less reach. But something about her, the fact that she's been finishing fights, uh, the fact that... She is that veteran. Like, something about being a veteran to be... Listen, I know Ketlin Vieira is 30 years old. She's been in the cage quite often. No no one's going to knock that. But Misha is older, wiser. Something about just stepping in the cage and kind of being in your comfort zone. Someone who's been in those title fights, has had the belt before. The spotlight's not too big. She's at home in Vegas. It just, to me, it's a Misha Tate type of feel 
as far as and especially she's got the she's got the she has the not rebound but she has the wanting to get back to the top wanting to take over the she wants to climb again and that's something that not saying that other fighters don't have that but she has that story she has that goal and she's done it before so this is something that's familiar to her and I expect that uh, Misha Tate will have a very successful night, personally speaking. I know, again, Ketlin Vieira is not easy, but Misha Tate, I think, is just at, at a different point, uh, different level at this point in time. So, again, that is the main event. That's 6 p.m. tomorrow. So, again, if you have any questions that want to follow my picks, I'll put that out there um, later on. And, again, if you haven't, if I didn't plug it before, you will be listening to me tonight or should be listening to me tonight on WFAN, uh, I will be on from about 10 o'clock-ish to 2 a.m., so check me out there as well uh, if this is Friday. But thank you again, as always. Let's get to these interviews. I know you've been waiting for them. So let's first get to the one and only Chaos Williams. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, and we we are being joined right now by an amazing fighter, welterweight Chaos Williams. What's going on, Chaos? How we doing, brother? Man, I'm blessed, man. I'm feeling great. You know, healthy, happy. You say you say healthy. And, uh, yep. You say healthy. How's the leg? How's it? I mean, we we saw the the war you just went through. You said you felt amazing, but you said you might have to take a couple days off. You not jump in the cage right away. Uh, how how's right. the leg? I mean, it's pretty good, you know. It's a, uh, uh, it's it's a it's a little swelled up, but it's not major. Take me through that fight. Take me through um, Miguel Beza. Did you? I mean, when you go into a fight like that, are you? Do you study your opponent? Or are you just so locked in on what you do that you don't even I'll worry so, about them? I'll be I'll be I'll be so locked in on me, man. But uh, I let my I let my um my manager. I mean, not my manager. I let my coaches. Uh, I let them do their job. They 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 pay attention to my opposition, and me. I just make sure I'm in the best shape, doing everything, and I'm well rounded. And uh, I just go from there. Dude, you put on a show every time. It really is. It's it's been an incredible since you've been in the uh, in UFC since you take that short notice fight versus uh, Alex Morono. You know, like take me through your your path. Is this could is this what you imagined when you got to the UFC? Definitely. Definitely, man. You know, I just, like I said, man, uh, years and years ago, I'm a, I was a diamond in the rough just waiting to be buffed off and shown to the world. Here I am. You know, I love it. And, and I feel like, you know, every time that I get in there, I got to keep being great. How how soon do you think, realistically, the welterweight division, again, welterweight is one of my favorite divisions. You know, you see an amazing fight like, you know, Kamaru Usman, Kobe Covington, too. I mean, they put on wars both both fights. But, again, this one goes to another five rounds. You see other contenders in there, the Jorge Masvidal's of the world, uh, Leon Edwards, et cetera. Tell me, realistically, where do you, when do you see your Title. I mean, you, your your title run is beginning now, but when do you see you actually getting that title fight? I I would say between two to four more fights, definitely, because I mean the way they pushing me, the way like I already know like the way um, the opponents that I'm gonna have, 
we gonna go. It's gonna be wars, you know. So I, I'm thinking like maybe the next opponent, and then two to two between two and four opponents, man. I'll, I'll probably be a uh, fighting for a title, man. Who do you think your opponents are gonna be? Like you, you have it mapped out of who you want to fight, or just you, you see, you nah. see the path in front of you. No, nah, I just uh, it's just too many people in the division, you know. It's just uh, so I just make sure I'm 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 I'm, I'm at my best. Whoever they put in front of me, man, that's who got to get it. <laughs> well, I like I like that, dude. And you you definitely you definitely pack a punch. You definitely have found ways. I mean, dude, you've you've been in some wars already. You've put it. Do you when you look at, when you walk into the cage when you step a, across your opponent, what are you focused more upon? Anything else? Are you staring them down to see their weakness, or are you just what what is going on? Because you've you've been in the cage with some vicious people, and you've you've destroyed them. Hey. I mean, shoot, what I see, man, they just in my way. I be looking through them. Like, we all human beings, so obviously I'm not like Superman Invincible or nothing like that, but hey, they just in my way, man. I put so much preparation in, and I put so much to get in here. You know, so many sacrifices, just uh, just defeating so many odds just to be in the position, even just to be competing in the octagon, you know? So, you know, like, I got I to gotta keep doing what I'm doing. Did you ever think like after this this past fight even like do you look back and go okay I can improve on something How, what can I do better or do you not even need to do better because you already know that you're that good? Can you repeat that? When you like for example even this this past fight you know like versus Baeza you know the calf kicks for example that was something that he was getting you with but is there something do you look at fights and go oh, okay this this taught me I need to improve on this or are you that good that you don't even you don't even consider no, anything I'm always I mean it's always room for improvement so I'm always getting better but I feel like you know it's a fight so it's going to be it's going to be certain times that you're going to uh battle adversity in certain fights but you just got to make those adjustments and my why is always going to be bigger no matter who I'm in there with my why is always going to be bigger and my mental frame, like my mindset, is just, is just bulletproof. I can't be broke, and I won't be broke. Chaos Williams joining us right now. Again, another another amazing performance of the night, dude. I mean, that's just what you do now. Uh, as as your uh, your uh, your Zoom handle says, the people's champ. That's what you are. The, pe- the people are excited to see you fight. Whenever your name comes up on a card, we're stoked. How soon do you think you'll be back in the cage? Uh, maybe two to three months for sure. But early, 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 uh, 2022 for sure though. I'm trying to get back in there. Trying to let, let me see. Let me ask you one cool thing because you know you've we've seen you. We see what you do in the cage, outside of the cage. What? Uh, give me something that the people don't know about you. Give me something. What experience have you since you've been in the UFC? What has what door has opened for you that most people that you either you didn't expect or people didn't know about? Uh, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that people don't know about probably, you know, I'm an investor, I'm a real estate investor. So a lot of doors been opening up with that. Like just, you know, a lot of people just see, see me in the, in the, in the public eye a little bit more. So I'm able to, uh, shake a lot of more, uh, prominent hands, I will say, and just, uh, do, do, you know what I mean? Just a lot of more marketing and just more interviews, stuff like this, you know, just reaching out, really getting my voice heard. You know, I got a voice now, like for real, for real, and and I'm just really making it work. I mean, I'm really making it uh being heard. What is this? What is the voice that you want people to hear? Like, if you had like one message for people, and specifically, what what's what is there that uh, Chaos Williams hasn't been able to tell people yet? I mean, you know, I got the right stage, and 
basically, I just want to let people know that um, no matter what it, what, what it may be, you can make it happen. You know, but you got to believe and you got to sacrifice and put the work in. And it's all, it's really about your mind frame and your work ethic. Uh, Chaos Williams, one last question for you, just because before we let you go, and thank you very much for the time again, as I appreciate. Uh, what no what what do you anything in particular that you want to promote? Whether it's uh, your your whatever your your real estate is, whatever whatever you're investing in, is there something that you want to promote to the people? I mean, yeah, man. You know, I got a couple of business ventures, man. Shout out Detroit versus everybody. Um, uh, Red Diamond Real Estate, Triple A Real Estate. Uh, you know. Uh, go, y'all can go purchase my merch as well. Go to Instagram at K-H-A-O-S Williams, all one word. And it's, uh, what is it? I think it's, uh, it's right in my bio though. I sell, I sell shirts as well. So I'm going to support the movement, you know, and, uh, if you buy a shirt, just send it to me and I'll repost it. I love it, dude. That's awesome. Chaos Williams, thank you so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. We're looking forward. Enjoy the holidays. We will see you back in the cage early 2022. Uh, thank you again for the time, man. No problem. Thank you. Dude, uh, It's Chaos is just on a different level right now. I'm just, you know, something about him, you know, doesn't, he's not long-winded. Um, not saying that he doesn't have a personality. He's a little distracted. He was uh, in his car. But something about him, he's all about business. He's all business. You know, he doesn't need to mess around. And that's what I appreciate about him. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him back in the cage. But let's get back to let's get to back to the interviews. And I had a good time with Andrew this time around, and I always do. But we got into some interesting talks as far as things she likes to do in the downtime, some shows she likes to watch. So we will get into that and more. Here she is, Andrea. Lee. This is the Fight Fan. We are host Pete Hoffman. I'm being joined right now by a very special guest. I love having her on. She just had a crazy, unbelievable fight over the weekend, and she became victorious again, as always. Andrea Lee, how are we doing, Andrea? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm happy to be home. <laughs> yeah, happy to be home. Happy to come back with a W. Now, uh, as of the news, just late, you are in the top 10. You're sitting at number seven in the division. Uh, congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad I finally worked my way back up there. <laughs> how does it How does it feel again to be back up there? And now, if you look at like the who Valentina Shevchenko needs to fight, your name is is definitely still being hanging around. And I've always said this: I think that you definitely give her the best uh, the best fight for sure. I think you you have the skill set that she, that will will definitely give her the most trouble. Uh, do you see that in the near future? Has that even been uh, proposed to you in any sort of way? If I keep doing what I, I've been doing in the past, you know, two fights, I feel like it is definitely going to be in the near future. So I just got to keep it up, keep getting better, continuing to learn. Uh, I do like, in in my gut, I feel like I could give her a really good fight. Um, but I, uh, I feel like I would probably want like six months to prepare. So it's like in my mind, I'm from here on out, I'm going to go ahead and start preparing like I'm preparing for Valentina, just with, with every fight. You know what I mean? Um, that way, you know, I continue to put that out there into the universe. You know, it's going to happen eventually. So what happened in the Cynthia Cavill fight? Because obviously we know that Jessica, I dropped out, uh, you know, unfortunately late, but, but you were so, dominant what happened that you you 
you seem like you're you're always a great you always put on a great performance, but you had an extra gear to you this time around. What was what was so successful going into this fight versus Cynthia? Probably, well, I got to stay home and I I got to work everything out with uh, my group here. I have brought some girls in, you know, so I mean, being home was very comfortable, but I spent a lot of time working with Tony. He was my main training partner, main sparring partner for the majority of the camp. And, uh, you know, we, we trained smarter, not harder. I mean, we didn't really go like balls to the wall, except for the last couple of weeks, you know, we picked it up where, you know, we, we were pushing that fight pace grind. And uh, I feel like I just, I just something clicked and I just started to feel like my old self again. And then, you know, when we got to the cage, like, I don't know, I just, I just, like I said, I just felt like my old self and it felt really good. And I just went in there with no fear of, you know, what she was good at. I was going to make her worry about what I was good at. And I feel like that's what I did, you know, cause Cynthia, she's a great striker and she moves well and she's really great at timing her takedowns off of her strikes. And those are things to worry about, you know, cause I'm, I didn't want to necessarily have to go to the ground with her, but in my mind, I was prepared for that. And I really think that just helped me out a lot. And plus my corner wasn't yelling to me, you know, saying, no, don't do this. Don't do that. You know, they were really encouraging me to use all of my weapons. And I think that really makes a big difference because I'm not going in there doubting myself and thinking that any of my weapons aren't good enough. What um, there was a strike that took place, I believe it was the uh, midway through the second round, and um, you you land. I think it was a left you landed, and it was your jab hand. And the the commentators made a point that, that they were they thought you hurt yourself because you made a you kind of like flinched your hand. They kind of shook it out a little bit. Did did you hurt yourself at all? How are you feeling right now in that hand? Was it just like a, one of those like a, a bad spot or what was what was going? Oh look at that! This yeah, I think because when I threw it, it like it must have a lot of the front part of my knuckle here. I think landed on on her forehead, and these knuckles swelled up. I mean, my whole my, like they were all purple, you know, for a couple like two days after the fight, um, but. They didn't break. I just, I, I you know, I, I had forgotten that it had even happened, you know, as okay. the, as the time went by, I mean, it, it happened initially. Yeah. I saw that I shook my hand, but once I got back to cracking some punches, you know, I wasn't feeling it. When, when does your, have you been in a fight in the past where you've, you've either broken or you've had a stinger or something like that, where it really has um, kind of been like a, 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 it has hurt you in the fight where you weren't able to use that that limb that 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 part of your that weapon as well as you would like to be just because of either the pain or or does does the pain dis, does the pain disappear because you're still in fight mode? Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It hasn't happened to me yet inside of the octagon. I mean, I've been injured outside and, you know, I've gone and fought with with injuries, but uh, it hasn't happened to me so far uh, in, in a fight. Fortunately, because um, those things happen to a lot of fighters, you know, and I've just been lucky that that hasn't happened to me yet. You know, I haven't broken an arm. I haven't broken um, any bones in my hands or knuckles or anything. So I hope that stays, you know, knock on wood. I hope that never happens. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm like knocking that. on wood for you as well. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Andrea Lee is the guest right now. You know, we were talking about, again, like, you know, you being in the cage and, you know, you're at that age now where you've you've had so many fights under your, your belt. Um, you know, you had a three-fight losing streak, but you've rebounded amazingly. And that that is something that I think that you – we I talked to you before the, the, the Antonina Shevchenko fight, and I was just saying that I have so much confidence in you because I've seen how you fight, and you were you were appreciative of that because some other people just like, you know – you know, Debbie Downers and not giving you that positive reassurance, positive energy. Um, you know, take me through the fact that you're back and you're on this two fight win streak. Um, and lo- looking back now at those three losses, do you feel like you still were able to take something out of those in a positive? Oh, for sure. You know, you know, when I look, I look back, I think that I've, like everybody says, you know, you lose a lot. I mean, you learn a lot more when you lose. Um, you know, I went on a tear. I think I had like a seven fight, one streak or something like that. And then, um, I lost three in a row. I had three wins in the UFC, then three losses in a row in the UFC. And now I've gotten two wins, two finishes in the UFC. And I, I just feel like I just needed to go through that process. You know, it's, um, it's just something that I guess needed to happen and it's helped me out a lot. Um, I've gotten back to a lot of the things that I used to work. Um, I'm sharpening up on some tools. I think there for a little bit, I, I was just working on getting in shape and getting prepared for the fight and not really like continuing to sharpen my tools and my weapons. So I'm, I'm working more in the clinch. I'm working more um, on my kicks. Actually, traditionally, I've been working a lot with my grandmaster and we've been working so many different styles of, of kicks, like spinning hook kicks and crescent kicks. I mean, I might not necessarily ever use all of that in a fight, but it's just making me more athletic as a fighter. And the, you know, when I land in a, when my feet land in a, 
a position, I'm not having to reset. It's like I can actually like explode in that position and fire another kick or something. You know, that way they always have weapons no matter where my feet land. And I think it's been helping out a lot. You talk about the fact that you have had two finishes in, in a row. Uh, I mean, is that something that you always look to get every time you step in the cage? I mean, we've always seen the, the judges think that it just is what it is. So sometimes the fight doesn't go away that it should go because the judges screwed up. But are you conscious every time you step in the cage or is that just recently that you want to end the fight? I have always been the type that wants to go into a fight and get a finish. And I'm always looking for those finishes. But I will admit in those losses and even in my first three fights in the UFC, so the, the first six fights in the UFC, I think I was playing it too cautiously. I was being too careful. I wasn't necessarily like going all in, you know, and I, I've always gone all in. And every one of my fights in Invicta and Legacy and all the ones before that, uh, always go in there trying to get a finish and, and finish the fight early. I feel like that's what I've set my mind to these past couple of fights. And I envisioned that that was what was going to happen. I just played it over and over and in my head, you know, in order to make that happen. And, you know, when I step into the cage in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get a finish. I'm going to get my hand raised no matter what it takes. And, and that's what I've told myself the last couple of times that I stepped into the octagon. So uh, the champion in the flyweight division, Valentina Shevchenko, she's in a new movie that's coming out. It's called Bruised. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you've had an opportunity to screen it yet. I'm not sure if that you're interested in that at all. Um, but I d- Yeah, definitely. I'm going to check it out. I'm you know, I'm excited for Valentina. I think that's an awesome opportunity. We all want those opportunities. And I think it's cool, you know, that Halle Berry has, is shedding more light, you know, to Invicta and all of the other female fighters. Well, I watched it. It was it was interesting because well, I'm not trying to give away things, but Valentina was put in, you know, situations that she's never seemed to be put in before uh, in the cage. And, you know, just being in a movie, I'm not sure if you've ever acted before or whatever, like, you know, if you've ever done any, any any extra, like, you know, any, you know, acting or of any sort besides, like, you know, what, you know, being in, in, in interviews and, and speaking a lot and doing pro- promo tours and stuff like that, there is some sort of, like, camera element to it. And you're in a, you're in yeah. a, a big setting. But do you think that being in that role, dedicating her time to that, could that affect her going to the cage? You, or is Valentina just a different human being where the being an actor, actress for like one movie is not going to take away what her product is going to be like in the cage? No, I don't think it's going to take away, not from someone like uh, Valentina. And, and, you know, I've heard that it really only takes like a, like once filming starts for a movie, it really only takes a couple of weeks for them to like film like the actors to do everything to to get all the shots that they need it really only takes like a couple of weeks um and then obviously the rest is editing and that's what takes the longest so she probably wasn't on set for that for that long obviously she's having to do like media and stuff here and there but valentina i do know no matter where she's at she's always going to be training i mean she's always got her her team with her she's got a coach she's got her sister i mean they're just like all always together and you know that's really all that you need you know you need a training partner and coach you know someone that can hold pads for you and um and if you don't have that you got a bag <laughs> 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 you're working <laughs> um uh, before we uh hopped on 
I noticed that there was some anime in the background. If there was a perfect role for you, would you would you want to be in front of a camera or would you want to voice over like an anime film? What, what is your perfect role for Andrea Lee? You know, it's funny that you actually asked that because when I was a kid, I, you know, we all watched cartoons and I really always loved anime coming up and being a voice actor was actually something that I thought would be awesome to do. Like, I just, I love like being able to be something like, you know, something that you'll, you'll, you'll never be, you know, some sort of like fantasy character. I think that's pretty awesome. And, um, Actually, I would prefer to be a voiceover. I think that would be really cool, um, you know. But I don't think that I would be good at it, honestly. <laughs> but when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do. I just don't think that I would be good at it. Why not? You got to give it a shot. Listen, I never thought I'd be good on the radio, but now I'm like getting regular shifts, and I'm doing, I'm 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 hosting New York radio. <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but I'm doing it. I always wanted to be a musician. See that that that's the difference is that like. I you you fall into certain things like I don't know how you decided to when, when you chose like to like actually take mixed martial arts as like this is going to be my career radio I kind of fell into as well it's like I wanted yeah. to be a musician I had my guitar I thought it was badass that never happened I tried touring with bands I tried to do all this stuff it just didn't work but yet now I'm on air so it, you just never know why don't you give it a shot True. Well, if the opportunity ever fell in my lap, I would give it a shot and I would do my best, you know, and if it didn't work out and they had to fire me, that would, at least I tried. <laughs> Listen, I guarantee you after, after this interview, I guarantee uh, there's going to be a knock at that door soon saying, uh, do you, we have, a, we have this uh, script for you. Do you want to voice it? I wish. <laughs> uh, I wish. If you need like a Southern voice, um, someone that says uh, a lot. That would be good. <laughs> what uh? What is your favorite anime? Because I don't know much about the anime, so give me like, give me what's so good about the anime, and what what your favorite anime film or series is. Man, uh, well, this is I'm watching Seven Deadly Sins right now. I just put it on um, for anybody out there that I still got some Halloween stuff up over there too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I can't really explain what it's about exactly um right now i need you know some more episodes but uh this one's kind of it's about demons and obviously i mean if you've ever <laughs> heard of seven you know what seven deadly sins are so each character is based off of a, a deadly a seven deadly sin but my favorite one would probably be man have you like death note it's really it, it's it's a really suspenseful but it's like i don't know it's it's pretty cool the way it's like very thought out you know i like the animes where it's like every every um scenario is thought out in someone's head and i don't know i can't really explain it death note is just really cool i mean it's about um this well let's not get into it forget don't, it don't <laughs> okay I, we'll, we'll, we'll i'll have to watch it and then later on in another podcast we can review it together how about that sounds good well, I mean, I could summarize it. I mean, this death note, I mean, this note falls into a kid's hand and he's a teenager. Um, and it says like, whoever's name that you write in this book um, will die within like 60 seconds or something like that. Um, and there's a couple of different ways that they can die. But the kid, you know, wrote someone's name. He just, he wrote some bum's name in it. Uh, someone who was terrorizing this other character in the show. And then they got hit by a vehicle or something like that. They, they just died. So it the notebook belongs to a, a creature from the other realm and uh he comes down and then they just kind of 
go around. He's trying to be a vigilante. He's trying to like kill off bad people, but then it's like someone takes notice and then they try to go after him. But it's more than that. It's a lot deeper than that. It's, it's really, it's, it's really good. There's also a, a, a movie that's actually like real life characters that are, that's playing death note, but it's not as good as the anime. Is it still called death note or is it like a different, it's still called death note. Yeah. But it's just not as good as the anime. The anime is much cooler, but well, that's, that's but yeah, all... you can watch the actual real life one. What was it? So, still good. so are you into only cartoons and anime or do you part? Cause like, this is like, no. ha- like Halloween was my favorite. Like, is my favorite holiday because I love horror movies. So, like, I'm into that. T- so, a lot of that stuff, it's a lot of, like, sci-fi, a lot of thriller, a lot of, like, you know, mystery, murder mystery type of thing. Like, it's that's, – like that. that's in my wheelhouse. Are you just – are you just solely anime or will you venture into other movies and No, series? no, I like, I like a lot of different stuff. I mean, I watch some cheesy shit. <laughs> My 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 favorite, like you know, like I I, I like the the romantic comedies. I like horror movies. Um, yeah, I like anime. It just is whatever I'm feeling. Like sometimes I'll just get tired of watching real people, you know, and real life situations, and I'll just throw on some anime because it's like it's fantasy, it's make believe, it's like I don't know. It's just your your mind just escapes from the real world. I guess you know, visually, it's cool. It's be- you. There's some things visually that you just can't recreate. Uh, you know, with with live action, you know, you have you yeah. do it on anime. I trust me, I get it. My favorite show, and this is corny and cheesy, I know, and I get it. So I don't know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's what I grew up on. I love. Yeah, I, I love Buffy. You know, every now and then I'll throw that on and be like, man, I want to watch some Buffy. I actually did a couple weeks ago uh, before before I got into the thick of my fight. I threw some Buffy on just because I wanted to like reminisce you know go down memory lane and it, it was cool she was she was a badass she was a she was a badass character and the episodes i thought were unbelievable it's funny i've actually built like kind of like a social uh relationship with one of the one of her former boyfriends on the show one of like season four we he's like a big yankee fan so we were kind of talking off air and stuff like that and it was it was kind of cool oh really yeah it's kind of crazy that, that is cool. it, it's a small it's a small world and as you start to like live it you start to just start meet people like oh i know you from somewhere it's crazy yeah um so yeah that's that's one of my favorite shows because there's so many like again the the the, there were some really crazy episodes where there was some really cool horror stuff i'm getting i'm a nightmare on elm street guy so there were some really cool creepy things about it but actually now that you bring it up nightmare on elm street that that's my shit Robert England's the man. I forget about it. I actually uh I again I was a former musician. I I opened for one of the um this guy Andras Jones who got killed in part four. I opened for him. He was like a musician. Not not that great, neither am I, so <laughs> but uh, that that was like that was like a highlight. I'm like, dude, I know that guy. Where are you where's he from? And they're like, No, nobody knows he's just a musician. I go, No, he's in Nightmare Elm Street Part Four. Let's go. Um but uh <laughs> You're like, you can't fool me. Yeah, I know what's up, trust me. Um But so but back to Buffy now, like I, d- did you ever like as a kid growing up, were you like, I wanna be like her in any sort of way? Like her the badass, the 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 fighting, did that ever like throw you like as like a, oh this is interesting that the girl oh, yeah. that's beating the shit out of people? He- yeah, yeah, I've always been like, and, and that's again why I like some anime, you know, because of the the fight scenes. And I did, yeah, I thought how cool it would be to, to be able to fight and do things like that and take on, you know, people the way that Buffy did. I mean, it wasn't the series that kind of like pushed me into becoming a fighter, but it was definitely motivating, and I wanted to learn martial arts as a young kid, but uh, it wasn't offered in my small little town, unfortunately. 
Well, <laughs> listen, you, it, however it worked out, it worked out amazingly for it you. Out. Yeah, it definitely did. Uh, Andrea, I appreciate the time. Um, before I let you go, i love to see what you want to promote. If there's anything you want to promote, obviously we're looking forward to seeing when you get back in a cage. Is there a time frame that you're looking for? Are you going to just enjoy the holidays for a little bit and then maybe like sometime in March or, or uh, April? You know, there's a pay-per-view card in February in Houston, and I, that's that's near home. So that's kind of something that I was thinking would be would would be nice. Maybe it's a little soon. I don't know, um, but I think that that would be good to get on a, a card closer to home. Do you? And then, huh? huh? No, and then is there somebody particular? I mean, if do you think you you said you said before that you're like if you have uh, Valentina Shevchenko in front of you, you want a good six months to really train for that fight. Clearly, that's not six months away. It's a little sooner than that. So, are we talking? Your you have another opponent in mind for yourself? Well, I just I just figure you know me being ranked number seven, they're not going to throw a number seven at Valentina. So I'm sure they're going to give me someone else. They're going to make me you know fight a couple more fights and prove myself probably a little bit more as that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm just, uh, I just don't, I just wouldn't want to get my hopes up, you know, like, and think that that would happen right away. Cause I just, you know, don't think that that would happen right away. Listen, listen, <laughs> not for nothing, but Valentina has, if you look at the, the top, the, the rankings right now, you've seen it. I'm sure you have. I don't, maybe you don't. I don't, I I don't know. I fought everybody in the top already. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you. It's, uh, I saw there was like maybe one or two other names above you. So, the, yeah. I, I mean, uh, Vivian Aruja, uh, uh, I believe her name is. I'm blanking on her last name. But uh, Viviani, and then I believe there might be one other. So, it's like really like between you and two others, then why not you? I mean, yeah, why not me? I don't know. I mean, I, it's just it's just hard to say. I mean, because of my my I don't know. I guess I'm just going by rank, so uh, fuck but rank. I guess that doesn't play yeah, too rank big a rank part doesn't make a difference women. anymore. You know rank doesn't make a difference. It's not as much as we think. I'm telling you right now, if the fight Maybe you're right. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm listen, I'm pumping you up because I'm excited for you because I know what's about what's going to happen in the future. So I'm excited. I hope it happens sooner than later. It would be awesome if it happened in Houston. But that's besides the point. Uh, anything else that you would like to promote for yourself, Andrea? Um, no, that's all. That's all that I have for today. Y'all just tune in December 7th. Obviously, everyone will be, but Tony's also fighting on that card. So we'll be there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy your anime. Get back to it. Uh, and I'm going to work. I'm going to work on getting someone to knock on that door for you to uh, to call to you know, maybe give you a shot at a, at a role in the future. Hey, okay. Send them my way. <laughs> uh, Andrew, thanks again for the time, and we'll be in touch, all right? Thank you. You take care. I'm going to do my best to get her a gig and get her to voice some sort of track. That's awesome. Um, very cool. I, lo- I love the stories. And I also am a huge fan of Nightmare on Elm Street, so anytime we can get to talk about that, it's awesome. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I know some people are like, what are you doing? Trust me, it's a great show. If you ever want, if you ever, if, if ever bored, try give get a, give it a couple episodes, give it a couple seasons. It's very entertaining. A little bit on the younger younger scale, but when I was growing up, I was young. I was 16 years old, I think, 14, 15, 16 years old when it came out, and I was definitely locked in on that Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Anywho, uh, next up, rightfully so, someone who has deserved the spotlight for quite some time. Last time I interviewed him, he was in the PFL. Now he's in the UFC and making waves. Here he is, Chris Curtis. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, being joined right now by a very special guest. Uh, this man has been in MMA for a very long time. Last time I spoke to him, he was 
uh, fighting in the PFL, and he just came off of one of the biggest upsets in MMA history and UFC history. It was unbelievable. At the Garden, I was there. The crowd was amazing. Chris Curtis, how are you, my friend? I am doing good, man. I'm actually uh, doing a lot better than Phil Halls right now, but like, uh, <laughs> yeah, life is good. Uh, Chris, you know, give, build up to that moment. I mean, there was, you were, you know, the fact that you were like a last minute fight for Phil to begin with, and then that got pushed back, and you get pushed onto MSG. Just tell me the process of, of how this worked out. You've been you've been in MMA for so long. The fact that you were on an MSG card in the UFC, just take me through it a little bit. No, I mean it worked out really well. Uh, about four weeks, three weeks, three weeks before that fight, they uh, called me as a last minute replacement for uh, all you know who he was fighting. I said, yeah, sure. We go, we weigh in. I've been in MMA for fourteen years, never got my UFC shot. I get my UFC shot. I'm like, let's go. I show, I make weight in a under 24 hours, show up, and Phil decides he doesn't want to do it. Sucks, but UFC decides to keep me. But actually, we're, you know, I don't know if it, 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 he had an idea or if he's lucky or maybe he's a mad fucking scientist. Who knows? <laughs> but we go from fighting at the Apex to Madison Square Garden. So I'm like, you know what? Good job, Phil Hall. like, way to turn that down because <laughs> I got to have my UFC debut at MSG. Like, what? I was like, eh, you know what? That couldn't have happened any better. So way to go, Phil Hall. I'm not even mad. I'm turning it down. <laughs> And then, you know, you take us through the fight, too, because first of all, you're going in there. And at this point in time, MSG is rocking. It's packed. You step in that cage. You know, all of, I mean, listen, you've been in big fights before, no question. But is this the biggest fight for you? Uh, Probably, yeah, man. For me, just the most important one for me because I've. I started this uh, 14 years ago with the goal to, you know, I wanted to fight in the UFC. I wanted to be a UFC fighter. And I've done pretty much everything under the sun but be a UFC fighter at this point, no matter, like, you know, how much I get right. I just never got my opportunity. So to finally have that opportunity and to have it on pretty much the biggest stage for fighting, the most historic stage for fighting, like, I mean, it's probably the biggest, it's the biggest moment of my fighting career, honestly. Dude, and, and the reaction from Rogan and uh, Anik and DC was incredible. But take me through the fight. Like, I mean, you went to them right after you you knocked out uh, a Phil Haas. But take me through that fight. Were you did you hear them in the background talking? Were you just so focused? Was it, it was a di- it was a difficult moment because it did seem like Phil had the best of you at that moment before you you laid that left hook. Uh, you know, I never, I, I can never hear the announcement, the announcers. I don't know how like Max is over here, like talking to people. <laughs> I never hear anything. So like, it's, I, you know, hats off to Max for being having a fucking sonar or whatever he's got over there. <laughs> I never hear, yeah. I, 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 never, I never hear them when I'm in there. And, uh, you know, we knew going in, we're fighting up a weight class. We're fighting a bigger, stronger, more athletic guy. We knew that the first round was going to be hard. Like going out, we, you know, the entire camp, uh, my my coach uh, Nate Pettit, uh, Sean Strickland, my cornerman, my manager uh, Lance Stoddy, and the other coaches Eric Nipsick, everybody extreme. We knew the first round was going to be hard. We we're like, okay, you know, I'm I can hold. I'm a I'm a fairly big welterweight. I don't have to worry about being bullied at welterweight really. But this fight, we're like, he's a much bigger dude than you. He's more like, you know, he's one of those times where he's you know he, you're fighting the better athlete. He's just bigger than you. We were aware that it was going to be a rough first round, but we also knew that like a 
I've, I mean, I've been boxing for God. Oh, what am I? 34, like 20 something years now. I know how to like roll with punches. I know how to defend. Uh, I knew that I wasn't going to get stopped in a round. I wasn't going to get hurt. I don't think I've ever been hurt in a round. Like I knew I'd be fine. We knew that he would slow down. The entire game plan was, you know, go out there, weather the storm, make him spend too much energy. He'll slow down. The moment he slows down, you know, it becomes a fight in my favor. So yeah, spend four minutes moving around, get, trying to defend yourself, not get killed. It's fine. It's not the first time in a fight that, you know, I've had to fight off my back foot. And, you know, be defensive and protect myself. I took no damage in the fight at all. So, like, I think a lot of it looks a lot worse than it actually was. I was totally fine. Uh, you know, I think, like, one front kick actually caused me some pain. I was like, ooh, that was bad. I don't like that at all. <laughs> but, like, outside of that, you know, I didn't take any damage at all. I got a scratch on my cheek. That was it. So, I'm, this is it. That was my 35th fight, man. Like, I think people really underestimate just how long I've been fighting, how many fights I've been in, and my head for fighting. But, like, you know, I didn't panic, was never uncomfortable. I was like, okay, it's fine. He'll slow down. And he did slow down. So, so Chris, like, the one thing that, like, I, I, I had this conversation with Misha Tate actually before uh, the card at MSG. Um, and we were talking about just being a veteran of the sport. You've been boxing since you were 14 years old. You've been doing this for a long time. Um, you you are you're a veteran, so going into that cage doesn't make a difference who it is. You have the capability and you have the awareness of d- being more comfortable than some of these other fighters. Like even though Phil Hawes has been, you know, in the UFC longer, it seems like he had a he sh- he struggled differently than you, and you had more experience, so you were able. Like like you said, even though it sounded bad, you listen to Rogan, you listen to DC, you listen to Anik, It sounds like it's worse coming from their from their side of perspective, but you're saying you were able, being that veteran, was able to withstand and and basically does that help you? Does that take advantage? You you take being in there, oh, being more confident. Uh- uh, 100% absolutely, man. Like, I've been in fights. I've won fights. I've lost fights. I've been in fights to where, you know, like, it's – Phil's a great athlete, but he, you know, he hasn't really been tested that many times where so he's had to dig deep. I've had to dig – I've got 35 fights. I've had to dig deep a lot of fights. I've been hurt in fights and had to pull through. I just got so much experience. On top of that, you know, with that many fights, you learn to, like, make adjustments. And it's fine. Like you started out, he started out great. He came out really good. It's the best I've seen him look, which kind of surprised me. <laughs> but I learned how to make adjustments a long time ago. So even I'm making the walk, man. Like yeah, it's Madison Square Garden. But uh, as he's walking out, I turn to my manager. And I'm like, man, this feels like every other fight to me. And he laughed, like you know, like here we go, killing again. Is what we always say before <laughs> we fight. And I'm just like, you know, it's it's a huge moment. Something I've always wanted. But it was fight number 35 for me. I've done this a lot of times, guys. So I'm just like, it's not, I've got, what, three times the fights is Phil? I'm like, you know, at, after a certain level, you, at 35 fights, you decided a long time ago that you love fighting <laughs> and, like, you're comfortable doing So, like, you're not going to make me uncomfortable. I'm not going to panic. The moment's not going to be too big for me. And, uh, you know, people have said, oh, you know, your composure in that fight was great. Like, yeah, because I get beat up by people every day. <laughs> I've been in fights where I've had to, you know, decompose and, you know, figure it out as you go. So it's nothing new. Like, yeah, you I started off not the way I wanted, but, you know, I've won a lot of fights that didn't start my way. So now you're on a six-fight uh, winning streak. 
Um, have you talked to the UFC? Is there plans for you to get back in the cage? You're saying that you, besides the, the, the superficial cut on your face, I mean, there was basically no damage to you. So are you planning already to get back in the cage in the UFC? I've tried to fight twice since that fight. So the, the, the next week they were like, Hey, do you want to fight December 11? I said, absolutely. Yes. Uh, it was against, uh, Andre Munez, number 15 guy. Oh, wow. And I was like, I am down. Let's go. But the, this last weekend, that card had people fall off. So one of those guys was moved to the 11 because I said, yes. Like, okay. We'll just give this guy a fight. I was like, okay, fine. I get it. You know, a guy had a fight coming off and, uh, his fight fell off. I get it. I, I'd want the same thing. Not mad. Then they called me the day after that. They're like, hey, do you want to fight Saturday? <laughs> like on the last card. And I was like, you fight Kyle Dukakis? I was like, yeah, I'll fight Kyle Dukakis. Let's go. So I agreed to that. Unfortunately, New York has a mandatory seven-day medical suspension that they would not lift. Ugh. We so, suck. New York sucks, it. doesn't it? The, the New York is awful with this stuff. But anyway, continue. They, they, are, they are not about to have somebody's injury on their head. So New York's very safe. Yeah. So that sucks. I was like, fuck how to caucus. Let's go. And then uh, they were like, yep, New York's not going to lift it. So uh. that fell through. So I told him, man, I'm definitely down to fight. Something short notice comes up in December. I'm definitely down to do it. Or, you know, if you can put me in January, that's great too. I'd like to fight again this year, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. So, I mean, put me on the first card of January. Put me, you know, sometime soon. I'm ready to go. That's awesome. And now are you uh, – did UFC work out a deal with you now that you have like a multi, multi-fight multi package or what's, what's going on with that? Because, again, like the, the, yeah. it was a last-minute thing with you to, to get on – uh, in the UFC, you know, but the, but there, do you have that that contract? So I was really lucky. So and my initial fight was Phil at a four fight deal contingent upon me fighting Phil. So I showed up. Uh, I said yes. I signed. I weighed in, and then Phil didn't do it. So I was afraid I was going to get cut because my contract was based on me fighting Phil that time. Right. And like you know, uh, my managers hit up Mick. They're like, "Hey man, he did everything you asked for. I made it. Uh, you know, I had twelve hours cut weight. I did it." Sean Strickland calls Vic Maynard and he's like, you know, pleading on my behalf. He's like, dude, don't do this to him. This is all he's wanted. And uh, Mick Maynard's a really good dude, man. He did me a solid. Mick is like, you know, you showed up. You did everything you're supposed to, everything we asked for. You didn't complain to everything. So Mick took care of me. Mick gave me just a four-fight deal, like flat out. He said, it's fine, man. Uh, he took care of me, kind of helped me get through everything. So a big shout-out to Mick Maynard because he definitely, uh, definitely showed me some love we didn't have to, and I appreciate that. Dude, that's awesome. That's Listen – uh, again, I've been a, a fan of this sport for quite some time. I've had the pleasure of speaking to you before in the past, again, going with the winner you were with the PFL. And it's people like you that deserve these opportunities, and we love to see you, uh, you know, when you have the opportunity to succeed and to, to, to thrive, and it's amazing. And we're so, I'm, I'm just – the story behind you is just so incredible. It, it really is. I mean, do you feel that now? Are you are you on that level of, like, acknowledging what just happened and wh- where you're headed to now because of, of the Phil Hawes fight? Yeah, man. It's so weird because uh, you're going to think about, you know, this has just been my... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Grind for like years now I just grinding away at it it's weird getting so much love from fans and everything like dude you're really inspiring and like yeah i got i have so many me- i've responded to like 700 instagram messages until like my eyes finally started hurting i was like <laughs> all right guys i gotta stop but like uh you know i've got so much love people like, all your stories inspiring it's awesome I'm glad to see you get there and now people are like i want to see you know see how far you can go and i'm like holy shit like a big reason why people fight is for the acknowledgement. And like one of the worst things ever is like for fighting for so long, I was known to like hardcore fans, but like not people. And now like, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm getting recognized in the street. Like people are messaging me like, Oh, I'm going to see how far you can go. I'm like, Holy shit. People know who I am. And now they expect <laughs> things of me. And I'm like, Ooh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just been like floating through my entire career. Like whatever, like my family and teammates expect things of me. Now random people are like, I expect things of you. Like I've gotten hundreds of messages from uh, people sending me their betting slips on my like, money. They won. And then people asking me to pay them money. They lost, which is really strange <laughs> to me. Like I bet on you and I lost. You paid me back. I'm like, what? No. Like, why would I? It's not how this works, sir. Sorry. <laughs> it's not how that works. Like, call Phil. Call Phil. You know, don't <laughs> yeah. send him oh, yeah. this yeah, slip. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, call like, like, go ask, ask. You bet on Phil. I didn't lose you money. Phil lost you money. Don't, don't come to me with that. <laughs> but no, it, it's really crazy to see that. Like, you know, like my name is up there now, and people were like, he could probably. It's crazy. People are telling me like, like they think I, I can like, you know, like I can be a top fifteen guy and a weight class above my own, which is great. But I mean, it's it's nice to have that recognition and be like, okay, like we're doing this now. So now I'm just like, let's just go, man. Let's let's keep running, hit the ground running. I train seven days a week, so like, let's just stay ready and just keep the ground running and see what's next. Chris, uh, I, it's an honor to talk to you. It's an honor to watch you fight. Looking forward to the next time you get in the cage, whenever that's going to be. Uh, we'll be there watching, no question. Is there anything uh, that you want to promote yourself? Uh, not really. So I'll say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks to the uh, Nick Maynard for uh, giving me my shot, man. Like it's been, I've been working my ass off for a long time for that. So if you ever see this, thank, thanks, Nick Maynard. I definitely appreciate it. 
Thanks, uh, Iridium uh, Sports uh, Agency, my management company, for uh, putting me in line for this. It's been a hard trip for them, too, but here we are. And thanks to all my friends and teammates at Extreme Couture uh, who have got me to this point, all my coaches and everything else. And thank you for the fans. You guys have made this really cool for me. Uh, you've made this really worth it, and uh, I appreciate the love and support. Uh, on to the next one. Chris Curtis, thank you so much for the time. It's an honor. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the holidays, my friend. You too, man. Thanks for having me. You guys be safe, and I'll catch you later. Again, another one who just, you know, very well deserved the spotlight right now, the attention he's getting, and uh, hopefully he will continue to do that. That's awesome. Uh, And finally, let's get to the final interview. I know it's been a longer episode with all the interviews, but they're good guests, so I can't knock them, can't not have them, uh, and enjoy talking to them. So here, here he is. Featherweight Sean Woodson. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, being joined right now by a very special guest, Featherweight Sean Woodson with a huge win over the weekend. How you feeling, Sean? I mean, again, another incredible performance. You're looking amazing. Yeah, man. I'm uh I'm on cloud nine right now, man. I'm I'm on I, I was on this high after a fight and I, I ain't came down yet. Still barely slept since the fight. Yeah, I feel amazing. You know, being on that fight card, being there with, you know, Max Holloway, Yar Rodriguez, tell me, you know, walking into that cage, it's tough to put on a show and over, you know, kind of overdo what their performance may be because there's so much hype behind them. But are you going into that cage saying, I need to put on a show for that everyone to see? Or just, just It's more about yourself. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, you know, being on that card with Max and Yair, that you know, that's so cool. You know, I'm a big fan of both those guys. Those guys are absolute warriors and put on hell of perform- hell of performances each and every time. But uh, yeah, I, I wasn't really, you know, concerned on you know I gotta outdo them or I gotta you know outperform them or nothing like that. Like you said, I was just worried about me and making sure I put on a, a real good performance. And uh, coming off my last fight, you know, yeah, I just really it was really important to me to go out there and perform. You know, every time uh, I every time I fight, you know, it's like it's a given. Of course, I'm coming to win. But if this makes sense, this time I wasn't really focused on winning or losing. I just wanted to come out there and perform the way I know I can perform, perform to the best of my ability. And uh, yeah, I think I I think I did that. Well, uh, obviously, that that must booster and bolster a lot of confidence because, you know, you just said I'm not going in there to win. I'm going in there to give it my best. And your best equals winning. So, I mean, is that just a normal confidence that you have that your skill set is that good? Yeah, if I I know that if if I just perform the way I do in the gym, perform the way I know I can perform, that nothing but good is going to come from it. You know, I'm gonna uh, yeah, like if I if I sh- when I show up, I'm uh, I'm a tough fight for anybody in the world. I'm hard to beat. I can I, and I can feel like I can beat anybody in the world. But yeah, it's just about uh, yeah, showing up and performing. You know. Winning, winning, you know, I feel like, well, now, you know, as I go and as I learn, I've learned that, you know, I just can't go in there with the mindset to just win because, you know, sometimes if you go in there with just winning on your mind, it'll, you know, you won't, you're, you won't be free to flow. You won't, you, you know, you'll put added pressure on yourself. And, uh, you know, sometimes you may win a fight, but you won't perform good and it'll be a boring fight. And, you know, I know the USC don't like that. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just focused on going out there and performing. And I know if I'm, if I be me and I perform the way I know I can, that all parties be happy. Me, UFC, you know, it'll, it'll just it'll be good. You know, you just said something that's interesting. You know, a lot of people. I listen. I, I'm a sports fan. I see a lot of different things. With you know, 
big NFL fan too. We're sitting here in New York debating about the quarterback oh, situation, about the the freaking Jets. You know, Zach Wilson's the number <laughs> number two pick overall, and can he be that good of a pick? Is he going to be the quarterback of the future, or is this guy Mike White, who's drafted fifth round a few years ago that nobody heard of, performed good? You know, how is he going to perform in a big big spotlight because Zach Wilson was hurt? And it's interesting because you know. Mike White, the first game, uh, he had a full game, performed great. Then he got his ass kicked to the Buffalo Bills, but everyone expected that. But that being said, though, you get a lot of hype behind you, right? And then you Mm. go into the cage, and it's like you have to be able to perform in the cage the way that you practice. So is there? how how do you keep that mindset going? How are you able to do what you do in the the practice mode in the cage when you step foot in 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 the octagon? Yeah. First off, you was just speaking Chinese to me because I don't know nothing about no football. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a combat sports guy through and through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> performing like I do in practice. Uh, Really, I, I, the what comes to mind now is just not putting much thought behind it, you know? Like, I do this day in and day out. So, like, when it comes to fight night, I think what helps me perform my best is not thinking so much, you know? Like, you know, just – you know, trusting in myself, trusting in my preparation. And, you know, I know how to fight. You know, I know that. So before I go out there, I just, you know, I uh, I try not to think too much in depth about it. I just say, you know, I know how to fight. And when we're just going to go out here and fight. I'm just going to go out there and react to what he does and just, you know, just be me and let it flow and just let the fight play out as it may and, you know, address everything accordingly. You know what I'm saying? We- oh, my bad. Phone almost died on you. Can you see me? I got you. You're good. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, not putting too much thought on him. You know, not putting. You know, when I show up to uh sparring at the gym, you know, I'm not thinking too much in depth. I'm just going in there and having fun, and that's a big thing too. You know, I just uh I just focus on. I just say, you know, this is about to be fun. You know, this is what I asked for. This is what I've you know wanted to do since I was a little kid. You know, so just go out there and enjoy it and have fun. Sean Woodson, join us right now. Featherweight, big win uh, over the weekend. UFC Vegas 42. You know, it, you talk about what you do in practice, but how many times do you sit there? Like, I mean, you finish your opponents so many different ways. I mean, how many times in practice have you sat there and finished a, an opponent with a flying knee or worked the body and finished somebody in practice? I mean, yeah. how, you, unless you do it, is it you vision? Can you? How do you visualize that in the cage? So the flying knee, you know, I'm not, you know, in the gym flying knee. Am I artist? You know, and I mean, we, I, we wear knee pads, and you know, we, I, you know, we do, you know, use knees. But you know, I'm not in the gym knocking nobody out with no knees. But uh, those body shots, yeah, that's my mo. I uh, I, I get guys with that quite <laughs> often. You know, uh, yeah, I, I drop training partners a lot with body shots because because you know the body's fair game. You know, you don't want to hit your training partners too hard to the head and be causing unnecessary brain damage. And you know, I need these guys to you know help me get better throughout the entire training camp and stuff like that. So I'm not looking to finish them and hit hard to the head. But yeah, my gym body's fair game. We try to you know tear each other's livers apart and <laughs> yeah, put, we try to sit each other down with them body shots as much as possible. So yeah, that uh that'll definitely come out in uh, my fights. What is is there one person in particular that you that really has tested you in training mode that you like to be like okay that's the guy that I need to to spar with to keep me at the, my best game? Uh, you talking about in my training? In my yeah, gym? 
Yeah. 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 Well, uh, yeah. My, I mean, my head coach, you know, my head coach is a black belt in jujitsu and, uh, you know, he's not no, he ain't got no, he ain't one of these funny black belts that ain't really, you know, real black belts. He's a legitimate black belt jujitsu. He's a lifelong grappler. He, you know, he's, uh, yeah. Lifelong grappler, uh, you know, uh, a wizard at, at this jujitsu stuff. And yeah, when that dude gets me down on the ground, man, I'm talking about, uh, Andrew Evers, we call him mop. <laughs> he's uh you got probably seen him in my corner but uh yeah man he's a beast he's also 4-0 pro as an mma fighter and yeah he uh he gets me down to on, on the ground and uh yeah man uh mangles me and yeah he uh tears me up so yeah that uh that's the that that'd probably be uh just coming to mind right now i mean i got a ton of training partners you know give me rough time we have a ton of great grapplers at the gym uh you know i mean i'd have to you know not trying to sound cocky i have to say yes i am the best striker at my gym but <laughs> as far as grappling man yeah we got tons of beasts that give me problems every time we hit the mat and you know and because of that that's they're making my ground game sharper all the time so yeah uh yep my head coach gives me the most trouble though for sure so we've seen in this featherweight division how crazy a division it is it's it's just a very loaded division i mean you talk about at msg you had uh, Shane Burgos and uh, Billy Q go at it. You know, obviously, uh, dude. What and what a crazy fight, by the way. It's it was it was almost a shame that it happened after Justin Gaethje and right. and and Michael Chandler. Because like for me, I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat. Both are great guys. I've spoken to both of them numerous times, and mm. it was just like you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. And but the the stadium just the, the MSG wasn't in it as much because the air popped after Gaethje Chandler. But right. uh, but just like talk about that division itself, how stacked it is. Where do you see yourself in the division? Where do you see yourself really making a title run? Yeah, the, yeah, featherweight division is super stacked. You know, I mean, uh, you know, me personally, I mean, of course, uh, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, the best in the world. But I mean, of course, I'm gonna have to prove that. I'm, you know, I'm still very new to the UFC. Of course, I'm gonna have to work my way up the ranks, and you know, over time, I'll show it. But uh. Yeah, right now I think it'll take me, you know, a couple more wins, a couple more solid wins to, to uh, you know, get a number by my name, of course. You know, I'm uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, I'm on a two-fight win streak right now. So, yeah, I feel like uh, after two, three, two or three maybe solid wins, I, I can I can crack that top 15 and, uh, you know, top 10 after that and then so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, I keep a, a close eye on the division. I watch everybody. I'm aware of, you know, everybody and what they all have to offer. And, uh you know, I like my odds of going to the top. I, you know, with my attributes, with my skill set, and uh, belief in myself, I, I know I can be world champion. Is there anyone in particular that that Sean Woodson is is eyeing right now? That's really you're just like, you know, foaming at the mouth. Like I want to get in the cage, cage with that guy. Not only is is it just a good matchup for you because you think you can beat them, but like a good test for you too. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, Melsic. I can't pronounce his last name. Do <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Melsic. Uh, Bogdazarian. Yes. I I, yes. I think that's like yeah, Melsic. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to fight next. I want to fight that dude bad, man. He uh, it's a tough fight. You know, he's no chump. You know, that's and like you said, he he would be a tough test for me. He's a, a vicious striker, and uh, one of the main reasons I want to fight him is because not a lot of guys are raising their hand to fight that dude, and uh. Yeah, I want to fight him bad. He, uh, I feel like he's a stri- like I said, he's a striker, and you know I'm a striker, and I feel like a win over him would just uh, put a lot of respect on my striking. Uh, yeah, he's a guy that I know, you know, will show up and you know bring the heat and you know force me to fight my best fight. So yeah, that's who I'm targeting right now. I called him out on Instagram, and yeah, hope hopefully we can make that happen in March. 
Let's go. Love to see that. Um, when you talk about like you know records and whatnot, we talk about people that are that don't want to step up and don't want to fight certain people, and maybe some some people are having issues. You know, specifically, we're talking about like I, I saw uh, Khabib is sitting there trying to uh, promote Islam for the t- next title fight in the lightweight yeah. division, and th- then you have a guy like uh, Eddie Alvarez who's sitting there promoting you know uh, Justin Gaethje as the next. Uh, in line, who should have a, a title shot, and he's six and three. You know, the one thing that is incredible about MMA, which I really freaking love, it's you're not defined by your win loss record. You're be- defined by your performance. You know, meanwhile yeah. in boxing, people sit there, they're going, "Oh, well, he's got a zero under next to his name on the loss category, so he's got to be unbelievable." Everybody in MMA, besides a Khabib, has a mm. loss. So it's yeah. it's 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 I I love that aspect of it. Um, so you stepping up to fight people that nobody wants to 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 face is that is that your do you think that's the best possible path for you to get a title fight to go and whether or not there's wins losses on your record to go prove yourself to prove Dana White to prove the fans to Sean Shelby everybody that you are that elite. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, you you hit it right on the nose. Uh, and I love being the underdog. You know, if I can have it my way, I'll be the underdog the remainder of my career. You know, I don't like being the favorite. Uh, yeah, th- that's like you know, that's that's what excites me. You know, these tough matchups. I want to, you know, I want to feel that danger. I want to know that I'm, you know, I have a tough opponent across from me. I want to know that you know people are counting me out. I want to, you know, fight the guys that nobody else wants to fight. You know, what I'm saying that. That is what excites me. That's what I feel like will bring out the best out of me. That'll bring out the best in my training camps. You know, that'll keep the fire lit throughout the entire training camp. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, I'm here to, you know, I'm not here to play around. I'm here to prove that I'm one of the best in the world. And that's the way to do, you know, you don't, you don't prove you're the best by, you know, beating chumps. You know, what's Max say? To be the best, you got to beat the best. You know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm on the, we're in the UFC. This is the, creme de la creme, the top of the sport. And, uh, yeah, I want to fight the best guys in the world to prove that, just to prove the type of fighter I am and to prove what my skill set is, you know? What point What point do you say that it's more important for you to, to have the proper opponents and not take a fight last minute? Because we've seen many people, seen many times where, hey, there's a call last minute, I'll step up. Is Are you at the point where, you don't want to risk yourself. You want to have that proper training camp to get into a fight. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm real big on preparation, real big on preparation. You know, this is my, this is my life's work. You know, this ain't nothing to play around with. I want to, uh, yeah, I, I haven't, you know, I've dedicated my entire life to this. So I'm not, you know, if, uh, somebody's going to beat me, you know, they got to beat me when I'm at my best, you know, the one loss I do have on my record, what came to, uh, a, a short notice replacement fight. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yep. That fight week, I went through three different opponents. You know, I showed up. I I had an, the fight. The fight itself, the original fight was on like about two and a half, three weeks notice. That original opponent dropped off. I showed up to Vegas fight week thinking I was going to fight one guy. And then a couple of days before the fight, it switched to another guy. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I don't want to play those short notice games anymore. Late minute replacement and, I'm a I'm a big dude for the division also. You I know. know. Like, I'm the tallest featherweight. I cut a lot of weight. So, you know, I need at least seven, eight weeks to make the weight. So taking a short notice fight is pretty, you know, a featherweight is pretty out of the question for me. You know what I'm saying? But I am I am getting better with that. 
Now, this past fight was a, like a 10, 12 week training camp. So I'm trying to like, you know, uh, do my body right. And I want to, you know, enjoy Thanksgiving and enjoy Christmas. <laughs> and then after that, jump into, you know, a tough training camp come January. And that'll leave me, you know, January and February to train. That's eight weeks. So I'm trying to get back in there early March if possible. But, uh, and as time's gone on, I've been a lot better with managing my weight and keeping it down. And so, yeah, after I fight March, if, you know, if I can, if I can get back in there in March, I would like to get, get back in there every, uh, you know, three months. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to really work with my nutritionist and try and keep my weight down lower. So I can, you know, jump on some, you know, maybe five to six week notice fights, but I mean, that definitely won't be for this next one, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, though, yeah, I don't like short notice fights at all. I want to go in there fully prepared. So if somehow, like you know, you're on a card and the, the main event, say for example, if if Max and Yar, one of them came down with COVID or something happened randomly, yeah. would and they say, Sean, you want to step in there? Are you more open to that because you did have proper training in general, or the fact that it's a completely different opponent, you're just not into that? So, uh. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like a unique situation. Yeah, no, I wouldn't uh, go through a you know a ten, a eight, ten week training camp and then you know last minute be like, oh no, I'm not going to fight. Like, yeah, I would definitely take that. Like, you know, as long as I, you know, me being tr- well trained for eight weeks, like, yeah, I'll uh, I'll fight anybody in the world. Yeah, it wouldn't even matter. I wouldn't, you know, like you know, I'm a guy who you know, uh, you know, by the time we get there fight night, I know my opponent like the back of my hand, so. The late the swap out of different styles, different guys. You know, I would, you know, I wouldn't, I would not like that, but I wouldn't let it affect me too much. I wouldn't let it creep in my head too much. I would be confident that, you know, I've trained hard these eight weeks. I'm prepared to fight anybody in the world. So let me ask you a question: Why, why is that? Because I've talked to some people that are just like, oh yeah, let my trainers build my strategy going forward. Why are you are you more of like just the? Um, is it more about you saying that you just want to have complete control of the situation and you want to know your opponent that well? Or is it, it you know, you obviously have tr- trust in your trainers as well, but I know some people that want to pass it to, like, I'm not even worried about my opponent. I'm just going to go do my own thing. Why is it so important for you to know your opponent that well? Because that's, who, you know, it's gonna that's that's who's going to be in there. It's going to be me and him, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, you know, like, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm not one. I, 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 I know what you're talking about. I see guys who say, you know, oh, I don't even watch film. I leave that up to my coach. Hell no. I watch every <laughs> bit of tape I can find on the guy. I'm watching stuff from five, six years ago. I'm watching every interview you did leading up to every fight. I'm, I'm, I'm studying you. I'm, you know, I will be prepared come fight night. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it's just super important for me to, for me to feel prepared and for me to, uh, know my opponent when we go in there i'm not just trying i'm not just and i'm not just breaking down your skills either i'm not just looking at your you know the physical you know way you fight i'm trying to get to know you i'm trying to you know like get in your head see how you think you know i just want to i'm i'm gonna know you like the back of my hand come fight night that's 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 the way i like to do things uh sean woodson joins us right now i kind of caught you off guard before with the jets NFL talk. Um, so you're not. You're <laughs> sorry about that. So you're not. You're not an NFL guy. So, but what? What are if you're not training? If you're not into combat sports, like I mean, clearly, even if you're not fighting, you're watching the fights. You're into it. What are you doing yeah. on on the downtime? So yeah, if I'm not training, I'm a. Uh... I'm I'm watching fights, you know, even when I don't have an opponent coming up, I'm constantly watching uh everybody in my division. You know, I'm I'm you know, I'm constantly uh studying the division, watching fights, trying to learn. I feel like every time I watch a fight, it could be the same fight. I'll learn something new, picking up new things, constantly trying to get better. Uh 
constantly uh trying to you know better not even just my fighting but just my you know recovery and all and you know things like that and but outside of that you know play a lot of video games love video games i play uh, well i play just call of duty and 2k pretty much but yeah i play video games and hang out with family and friends really i don't have too many hobbies outside of this fighting this fighting stuff is my life man i'm i'm all about it all the time through and through are you a Twitch guy? Are you sitting there on Twitch trying to get the uh, the your you know interact with the fans? Nah, man. So I yeah, I, I'm not. I I haven't got my Twitch going. A lot of people say uh, you know I should start a Twitch and stuff, but you know I, I like to uh, you know the more I, I I do this, the more I've uh, been subject to like you know social media and you know I love my fans. I love fans 100. percent I love all the love and support I get, but. I like to keep them some things to myself, you know, like when I'm playing video game, you know, I don't always want to be, you know, tapped in and like, you know, let everybody know what I'm doing. Like when I'm playing video games, I want to, you know, just play with my boys and just, you know, be to myself, you know, say have some me time. Who, who do you, who are you as two in 2K? What, what, what team are you? Uh, so Brooklyn, I used to be a war again, like, you know, I like 2K, but I don't really follow NBA or basketball too much. But, you know, I play 2K with my homeboys all the time. And I used to be – I used to rock with the Warriors, you know, when they had – you know, when it was like Steph, Clay, and Draymond Green and Cousins and, you know, those guys. But, uh, yeah, war- Warriors ain't too good on 2K anymore. So now I rock <laughs> with the Brooklyn Nets. I'm a Brooklyn Nets. Because all my friends, all they play is LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. That's the only team they play with. So the only guys that can stack up to them is the Nets, I feel like. Uh, that's funny. I'm actually going to the Brooklyn Nets Warriors game today, and and at the Barclays. So that's no. awesome. That's crazy. No. Uh, is there who is your favorite player of all time? Is it is it LeBron? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, against them, that's just who. That's just who, who's always my enemy on 2K because that's the only player my uh, <laughs> my my friends use. But uh, basketball, my two favorites are probably. I've always been a big Carmelo Anthony fan. I've always liked Tracy McGrady a lot. And then Kobe and MJ for sure. You know, I, I just I'm a big fan of greatness. You know. Yeah, no, I understand that. Would you? Uh, so you weren't in the UFC at the time when Kobe actually spoke to everybody, right? You would that that was that was a few that was quite some time ago. Now that I'm thinking about it, because yeah. at the did they have it this year? They haven't had it in a couple of years. Obviously, the pandemic hit, but they used to have every year. They'd have the um, the fighters a retreat. Con- yeah, the retreat, and they had yeah. special guests and whatnot. Have have you haven't been part of that yet? Have you? Nope, nope. Yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, they haven't had that since I've been signed to the UFC. I got in the UFC in 2019. I do remember, though, when Kobe uh, came and spoke to everybody and stuff. That was pretty cool. But, yeah, I don't – yeah, I can't remember the last time they done one of those retreats. It definitely hasn't been while I've been – Yeah, the pan- the pandemic, unfortunately, has uh, kind of hurt that at the moment. Um, Sean Woodson again joining us. Are you still there? Did I lose you? No. I think I got you still. There we go. You're there. Sorry about that. My phone, my man, my Instagram has been blowing up since the fight, man. Well, that's good. That's a that's a good thing. And this is the, that's the good thing of social media. It is blowing up, and that's that's great because it connects us to you. Uh, the bad thing is that it cuts me in and out of the of the interview. Oh, <laughs> bro, my bad, dude. These people are blowing me up. I'm sorry, bro. Dude, it's okay. Listen, well, I take you took you longer than I expected to anyway. So it's my that's my bad. Um, okay. Really quickly, just because. UFC opens doors for other things. You're in the spotlight now. Is there some? What's the coolest experience since being in the UFC? Have you met somebody? You have the door open that you never expected before. Tell me something that that's just amazing to you since being in the UFC. Uh, so 
I'd have to, well, just, yeah, just the people that I've looked up to and been inspired by meeting them, you know, like guys like Forrest Griffin. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, okay, yeah, Forrest Griffin. Meeting Forrest Griffin was huge for me. You know, that's the guy, he's the reason I got into MMA. Uh, I'm from St. Louis, that's my hometown. Uh, having Nelly follow me and reach out to me on Instagram and talk to him, that, that was super cool. Uh, Action, Action Bronson follows me, and he I was rapping with him after my last, my most recent fight. That was cool. Uh, just getting just just people I've been inspired by and been a fan of for so long, just reaching out to me and showing love is still so surreal to me. That I'd have to say that's the coolest thing. That's awesome, and I love that because you guys deserve that too. Like you're you're going out there, you're putting yourself on the line every time you fight. You it's entertain yeah. it's entertainment to us. But you guys are really putting on uh, what you do is is incredible, and I can't do that. That's another reason why. I appreciate dude, that, man. Sean, every time you get into the cage, like I don't think you, I don't know if you know this, but like it's like pins and needles. It's like I might I get anxiety, like my heart's like pounding through my chest. It's it's a feeling that I don't know if you get that. Maybe when you watch fights or, or your friends fight or whatever the case is, maybe you yeah. feel that same way. I don't know how it is when you step in the octagon, but for us, for myself specifically, and I've spoken to many athletes that say. Yeah, I've won World Series before, or I've been in Game Sevens, or whatever, and it doesn't compare to watching my friends fight. So it's it's a it's an amazing feeling for what you guys do. It's incredible. So I thank you very much for all you do. I appreciate it, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. My fights, you know, I don't. I get excited and I'm happy to you know to be to go out there and do what I do. But when I watch my friends fight, man, I'm a nervous wreck. Like, yeah, I just I get more nervous to watch my friends fight than I do for my own fight. So I definitely know what you're talking about. Well, listen, Sean, anything you want to promote before we let you go? Anything in particular you want to throw out there? I know you're not talking about until March about getting back in the cage, but anything that you would like to throw out there? Uh, I mean, just that I appreciate all the love I'm getting, man. My Instagram is blowing up, and, yeah, people are just sending me, you know, the positive messages, like, you know, out of the woodwork. It's crazy. Definitely getting, you know, the the trolls and the negative stuff, but the positive is majorly outweighing the negative uh so yeah uh follow me on uh instagram stl sniper 314 gotta run them followers up you know the ufc loves that uh and yeah that's yeah it's pretty much it i'm not on twitter or anything else so yeah just check me out on instagram well sean i appreciate the time man thank you so much we'll do this again enjoy the holidays enjoy thanksgiving christmas all that stuff enjoy the family i'm about to eat so much food dog i appreciate you man great time This was one of my most enjoyable interviews. Yeah, appreciate you. Looking forward to the next one. Thank you again to Sean Woodson, to Chaos Williams, Andrea Lee, and Chris Curtis. And thank you for listening. Thank you for following at the Hoff WFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman, everywhere else on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, WFAN.com, and the Odyssey app. Next week, again, I teased it. We should have some people from the Triad Combat, uh, Triad Combat, which will be taking place next week. Uh, hopefully, Frank Mir will be joining us, and we'll probably have more guests too. That's just how it goes. And I will be back. That's gonna be episode number fifty. So I'm looking forward to that episode fifty. Fifty episodes in a year so far. I know we're a little ahead of it. I've probably doubled down a couple times, uh, some weeks, but so be it. It's awesome to be here. It's awesome to be talking to you, and thank you so much. I will be back again, as always, and thank you for listening to this, and thank you for listening to me on The Fan uh, with Moose and Maggie, with my little appearances on Boomer and Geo, Carton and Roberts, all that other stuff. I will see you guys later next week. And again, you're listening to The Fight Fan with me.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 